Welcome, welcome, geeks and nerds, girls and boys, to another all-new edition of Geek to Me Radio. We are broadcasting live from Toy Man here on the Rock Road at the Machinist Hall, Rock Road in 270. Come on by and say hello. We're going to be talking with Chris McQuillan, the man in charge. We'll be having an interview with Dan Jurgens, artist and writer, creator of Booster Gold, all that and more right here from the show floor. Stand by. We're talking TV, comics and movies, and video games. And if you're driving around in the St. Louis area, I apologize for all the snow, but it's going to be gone tomorrow, bright and sunny for the rest of the week. Uh, just happened today, but that's a, I take that as a good omen. Uh, if you're listening to this after the fact in the podcast form on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or Podomatic, we thank you for subscribing and listening each week. And if, if you're listening live streaming us, we say hi to our friends in Kuwait who called in last week. Uh, we always love our international listeners as well. We are here on the floor of Toy Man with the man who's been running things for since it began, uh, Chris McQuillan, Toy Man Jr., actually, was your dad before that. Yeah, my father, Toy Man, Kent McQuillan, started the show, and I, of course, I was being a kid, you know, it's 28 years ago, so we started the show 28 years ago with the very first one, November 1990, and now we're looking at 28 years, and from one time a year to now eight times a year. And the, the, it's ridiculously busy. We mentioned the snow, but it doesn't appear to be keeping anyone away. No, not really, and we're right here on the upper level, and you can hear the background noises. There's a lot of people here still. You know, the snow, we're sitting in St. Louis. It's snowing now, right now. Give it an hour or two. It'll be gone. We loaded in at 6.30, and it was great. It was nice out. I'm like, oh, it's even not that cold outside, and then quickly it changed. So by the time you get here, if you're listening right now, and you come down, probably the snow will be gone. It'll be uh, sunny out. We'll be serving mojitos in the parking lot. Ooh, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. Thanks for the uh, lot. No problem. I had the mint. As long as you brought the rum, we're fine. That'll work. <laughs> So doing a show like this, every show, it seems like you've got vendors who want to get in, who can't. It's, uh, it's constantly packed floor. What are the challenges each time you do a new show uh, that you come across? You know, we were used to be happy with four and 500 people through the front door and Christmas being seven or 800. January show, which was just a few months ago, we had almost 1,000 people and it was 25 degrees. Uh, today, it's just been well over 1,000 people. It's just unbelievable. But the main challenge I have is trying to get new vendors like you were mentioning. But when I opened the door this morning, I actually had 22 vendors on standby that I could not get into this hall. So trying to keep the rotation, but I have about another dozen vendors that have bought tables for the whole year. So they're buying it up ahead of time because they want to lock in their space at Toy Man. That makes sense. And uh, there's a huge – I'm always blown away by the variety. I'm looking down at the showroom floor. We have a guy over here selling video games and vintage movie posters. We've got – Spawn and Metal Gear Solid toys. We've got Hot Wheels to Barbies. Um, what is kind of the most unusual thing that you are ever surprised by showing up here? 
oh, my background in toys from the 1920s to to current stuff, and I'd love to see some of that vintage stuff, and it's still operational. It's not a 50s robot that the uh, the battery still works. It's not rusted out. It's, it's, it's awesome to see that vintage kind of stuff because you, we all know the toys of today that you get from all the toy stores, uh, they barely last uh, a year. Kids are rougher on their toys, too, because I used to, when I'd have my friends come over, we'd play with my Transformers, and they'd come over and play with mine because they had the hood or the little, like on Prowl, the Transformer, the roof was snapped off, and uh, they, you know, my, my toys were always pristine. I'm like, hey, you break that. I'm gonna, you know, so no one, no one ever messed with my toys. So I always had mine in good shape. Yeah, I had a lot of the '80s toys from the Evil Knievel motorcycle to even that kind of stuff. So, yeah, and and what the stuff was worth, I didn't really want to play with it because I knew what the worth of it was. But I still had my stuff. I'm still a kid, but I was an only child, so you know, I didn't get everything I wanted. That helped. Right. Sometimes I do. <laughs> and I know, in addition to the Toy Man, you actually travel. You've got the the uh, the zombie car you travel with, and you're doing other shows outside of St. Louis. Yeah, um, I do have a zombie vehicle. It's actually in a science fiction novel called Apocalypse of Enoch Desolation by Shane Moore. Uh, the bad thing is that it's a 2012 Malibu, and it has over 201,000 miles on it. But it's something fun to drive, and people like to take pictures with it and stuff. So, yeah. And what I love, too, is you've got the the, the engine cover signed by how many different Walking Dead cast members? I have a lot of cast member signatures from the Walking Dead, Mad Max, and Z Nation. I have about two dozen uh, autographs that I've met uh, Walking Dead cast. So it's kind of cool. They're, and they're really down to earth. You think like, oh, no Marines is this or Rooker's that. They're actually pretty cool. Yeah, Rooker is always, always fun to talk to him. And you've got a couple. And if you're listening right now, again, come down because there's some people who are here from The Walking Dead. we got Bishop Stevens and Tim Proctor uh, both appeared in several episodes. It's a contract zombie, Tim. Tim Proctor? Tim Proctor is actually a contracted zombie. He's not one of those zombies that you only saw Oh, you know, the 200th or 3,000, you know, he's actually done almost 20 episodes of The Walking Dead from season five to current. He was actually in the last season, uh, the one that they just aired, which I'm not going to give any spoilers. Hate to see a great loss. We'll just, <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and we have a lot of cast members, a lot of different uh, guests that do come to this uh, Toy Man show. And we try to change it up I mean, from artists to actors um, and, and voice actors, too. So we try to keep it up eight times a year. So Toy Man, just remember, Toy Man Show, we'll find it on Twitter, Instagram, Internet, Facebook. Toy Man Show. It's real easy. And if you're following me on uh, Twitter, we put out the tag and tag the minute so you can follow Toy Man Toy Shows on Twitter as well. And obviously the Facebook page, as you mentioned. Um, with people who are coming to future shows in this coming year, because we're, we're only in March, we've got five more shows to go at least, right? Five or yeah. six. So you do the, uh, the Give Back Show. Uh, tell people a little bit about that. Okay, so the August show is our new eighth show, and it's going to be customer appreciation, but that we're going to do uh, the first uh, 50 kids, 10 years and younger. We're going to actually have uh, backpacks that's going to have crayons, pencils, everything on the necessities. We're going to have some face painting. It's gonna, I hate to say it's going to be a kid's show, but it's going to be a kid at heart. So we may have some adult coloring books and some neat stuff. We want to do something different with having a new eighth show, uh, and we're trying to keep it a big variety. And, again, they're always here at the Machinist Hall. It's always packed, so come down. And uh, this goes on until 3 o'clock today, so you can still come out. There's still plenty of time if you're driving around. Come on down. You can get the flyer to keep track, put it on your refrigerator to make sure you're at the future shows. Anything else you want to say about Toy Man or about the experience or anything? All you know about Toy Man is uh, it's where uh, big kids come to play. And it's just that simple. You know, I don't care if you're 18 or 81, come on down to Toy Man. 
you may not uh, buy anything, but you're, eventually, the first time you come out, but eventually you're going to find something that you want, and you're going to can't leave without, and uh, you might get just find what you're looking for. And I've had several people that very thing today. I'm like, you know you don't want to leave without that, because I'm down here selling my stuff as well, uh, from pieces from my personal collection. So come on down. We're right here at 270 in the Rock Road at the Machinist Hall, just by the Target there. Uh, Toy Man Toy Show. Chris McQuillan, thank you so much for being on air. Hey, thanks for coming out. And we are going to take our first break. Before we do, I want to tell you about our premier sponsor, the City of St. Charles, historic St. Charles, where you can go right now. It's a little uh, little brisk out, but if you still want to go and play in the snow, historic St. Charles is a fantastic place. All the shops and restaurants and dining experiences are out there. And you can check out the website, discoverstcharles.com. And you will go and find all sorts of fun things to do, all sorts of things for the family to check out. There are historical markers. If you're a history buff, it's just a cool place to walk around. Main Street is great, and we're so fortunate that it's here right in our backyard. They've got bed and breakfast. They've got the wineries. They've got eateries. They've got history. Uh, Frontier Park is a great place. Uh, Go make a snow angel today. You know, we're here at Toy Man Toy Show talking about being a kid. Go out to Frontier Park and lay there and make a snow angel. It's fantastic. DiscoverSTCharles.com or also on Twitter at DiscoverSTC. We're very pleased and proud to have the city of St. Charles as our premier sponsor. We are going to take our first break. We will come right back with our interview with writer, artist, creator of comics, Dan Jurgens, the creator of Booster Gold. See what he has to say about Booster in the new CW series. Will we see him in Legends of Tomorrow? You'll find out right after this, so stand by. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey there, there goes a Spider-Man. Holy cool nothing. Hi, this is Burt Ward, Robin the Boy Wonder from the TV series Batman. You're listening to Geek to Me. Golly gee willikers, it's fantastic. And we are back broadcasting live from the Toy Man Toy Show here at the Machinist Hall. Uh, we had the chance to interview the creator of Booster Gold himself, Dan Jurgens. He was at Planet Comic Con. We were going to air it. A few weeks ago, but we had Rahul Kohli from iZombie call in, so we had to bump the recorded segment so we get the live guest. Uh, my apologies to Dan Jurgens for not having him on when we were supposed to, but now we've got that interview with Dan Jurgens, and here it is. We are here talking with the legendary Dan Jurgens. How are you? Great. Um, I want to start with Booster Gold because he's always been a favorite character of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually tweeted out a picture a couple months ago of Booster from his Extreme Justice days when he had the armor. And you, oh, and you oh that was back, you? I hate that armor. I hate that armor, so yes. So what is it like when you have a character you created and you, you know, birthed, basically, and you see another artist, another writer do something? Is that ever, do you ever send angry letters or emails? Are you uh, writing? No, I just know this guy named Vito. <laughs> And for a price, Vito will do anything I want him to do, and that takes care of that. Yeah, I need Vito's number after this is over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but with the character like that, bringing him back for the uh, the 52 run that they had, right? Um, I loved his arc in Justice League International. Is there anything with now bringing him back into the fold, you're doing action comics again, is it 
kind of like the best of both worlds. You've got your Superman and your booster. Is this uh, something you've been wanting to do for a while? Yeah, to a certain extent it is. I mean, part of it is because if we go all the way back to when Booster Gold first appeared in the 80s, uh, when we did his origin story then, that actually involved Superman. Mm-hmm. And so there has always been this connection between the two characters. We had never done a lot with it, but it was good to be able to get back to that now and play around with it again, even though it's not like you know, we have them referring to that adventure or anything. It's more like Superman has this awareness of Booster. Doesn't have a lot of regard for him, but that's because he doesn't realize this other mission that Booster has, which is, you know, guardian of the time stream. That kind of thing. And and protecting um, the universe, universe says, because he knows the multiverse, yep. from those who had been time to their own ways. So because of that, uh, I think it's been a lot of fun to put those two together. Uh, and we came up with the uh, idea of calling it the Times Finest Team, which is obviously a plan. World's yeah, Finest. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been a good time. Nice. And with, I know we've seen Booster live action in Smallville. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you feel about that portrayal? I thought it was really good. I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. I think that they really managed to, I think, capture Booster's character very, very well. Uh, I love the little twinkle they added to him when he smiled, <laughs> things like great. that. Yeah. that. That adds on the costume the whole bit. So I thought it was very effective. And with Legends of Tomorrow now, do you keep up with the DC Oh, yeah, TV? definitely, yes. So is there any possibility about bringing Booster in? Uh, has it been mentioned or discussed? Would that be even something that they'd come to you and say, hey, we'd like to do this? I No, they wouldn't have to come to me. They could work it all out with DC. To me, it would seem natural, so we'll see. And is there any story arc or anything as far as what Booster could be involved in? He was mostly absent from the New 52 after the Justice League International. Do you feel there were any missed opportunities, either in the New 52 or obviously now that you've got him back in Rebirth? Is there anything that you're still I want Booster to do this while we've got him on the hot seat. I, I think that there are always uh, stories to be told with these characters. In terms of Booster, I have a number of different stories that I think are out there because I think there's a connective tissue of sorts between what we saw with the JLI stuff as part of the New 52 and where we're at now and where we would have been in Flashpoint. Um, so I think there are a lot of stories out there that are still to be told. I also think it's good because Booster is a different character from a lot of what we see in the DCU. I think there's an element of uh, humor and earnestness to him. I mean, he is a guy who has known failure, and he is trying to make up for his own mistakes, and I think that gives him a bit of a different twist that I think is very effective. And with uh, Superman, you were obviously right there in the thick of it when they did the Death of Superman storyline, bringing in Doomsday there's the I've read about it on the internet. The idea was kind of like almost brought up as a joke, like, "Well, just kill him." Is there any truth to that, or was no, this actually a thought? No, that's bullshit. Out? I uh, thought so. Yeah, I mean, the, the 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 fact is, we had in a couple of earlier meetings even talked about classic Superman stories. There was the death of Superman that had been done mm-hmm. done before as a classic Superman story, just like Superman Red, Superman Blue, right? So we talked about it a couple of earlier times. We never had the story for it. Uh, going into this last meeting, I know I talked to uh, Jerry Ordway and Brett Breeding, and I said we should really do the death of Superman. I didn't have any other idea of how it might connect. And then in the meeting, I had this notebook, and I had like a couple ideas on it. One was Monster that trashes Metropolis, which with my first sort of sketch of Doomsday. And then the other one was Death of Superman. And as we talked about this... You know, we ended up fusing the ideas. At one point, 
yeah, Jerry said, well, maybe now is when we kill him or something like that. And we talked about the story ideas that go with it because editorially they kept saying, you can't just kill Superman. What's the story? And that took a lot of us to get involved to talk about and and to really realize what we would be doing is, is exploring the concept of what Superman means to us all mm. by not having him there. So it wasn't just, oh, let's kill Superman. I, I mean, that's... That's kind of the way it has become over time, but that's not the actuality of how it went down. And so you guys had all lined up the funeral for a friend, the different uh, four Superman in the four different books. That was all well kind of thought out? No, actually, no. We did the, uh, we, we, as we talked about the death of Superman and why we would do it, we sort of then got into the funeral for a friend storyline and then kind of reversed back into once we knew that we had things to say without a Superman, then we could go back and work on death of. Uh, but when we broke, when when we decided this is what we're going to do in that whole story, we had no idea how we were going to bring Superman back, exactly when it was going to happen or anything else. And then as we took a break from publishing the books, right, mm-hmm. because uh, I think the last issue of Superman was 77, and then there were other specials and things, but Man of Steel, Action, Adventures of, and Superman were not being published for a bit. When it turned in such a big thing, we said man, the whole world is looking. We have to find the right way to bring him back. And, of course, we all had different ideas at that time. And and so out of all of that, our ideas were so different one from the next that I think it was Louise Simonson who said, you know, too bad we can't just do all of them. Yeah. And that sort of then, after more discussion, you know, creating a storyline is never this. You don't start here and end up here. It's always this and down and back and forth and up and back again. And you go all over the road to get there. And that's how we ended up with the poor Superman. And last question is, as you've been so involved going all the way back to Warlord, all the stuff you've done with DC, is there anything you are seeing uh, with the, the DC universe in the movie? Uh, Neil Adams felt very strongly about his opinions on Batman versus Superman. Were you... On the, a fan of the movie, not liking the movie, think they could have done things better, differently. What would you have changed about the movie? Um, I, I don't know that. To me, I, I look at it this way, and and that is, I like a lot of it, and, and I thought there were some really good things in the movie. And I think you're you're dealing with a filmmaker who is certainly trying to shoot higher than what the conventional comic book movie was was doing. Uh, you know, I, I there are moments in that movie that I love. I think I respond to it differently because when you're sitting there and you see characters you created and you see scenes that you drew on yeah. the page that they then try and replicate on film, it's a very different sort of experience. And I think, you know, I'm carried away with a lot of those things. And so I guess what I'm saying is I'm not like an impartial observer at that point. That makes sense. Yeah. And last question, do you have a favorite DC show that's on there? Because there are like six or seven on there now. Any one do you really love? Out of all of them right now, uh, I, I think it's probably Legends of Tomorrow that I'm into most because I like the different personalities mm-hmm. that are involved. That The fact that they got me so interested in Heat Wave, you know, it, it's just remarkable because I never would have conceived of that going into it, yet he is always so very interesting and he mixes so well with the other members of the cast that I think it's just awesome. So... I think the way they handle 
that and the mix of that cast is what makes it such an interesting show. And then you throw in the the fun uh, time travel elements around it, which I'm a sucker for anyway. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And it works very well for me. Excellent. Well, Dan Jorgens, thank you very much for your time today, and uh, enjoy the rest of the con. Will do. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks. All right. And there is Dan Jurgens, the creator of Booster Gold. Uh, this segment has been brought to you by Marcus Theaters. If you are getting ready to check out A Wrinkle in Time or a Tomb Raider comes out this week, and if you're going to see it, see it at Marcus Theater and do it right. They've got theaters all over the St. Louis area, and, of course, they're in 10 other states. If you go to their website, MarcusTheaters.com, you can get a rundown of where they are, see how close they are to you. And check out those Dream Loungers. We just went and saw Wrinkle in Time. We kicked back in those reclining, heated seat Dream Loungers, and it was amazing. So if you're going to see a movie, see it in the Marcus Theaters. Uh, check out the website, MarcusTheaters.com. And they have a special going on gift cards now through April 1st for Easter. You can check out that as well. Get a little something for yourself when you get a gift card for someone else. MarcusTheaters.com is the website. If you're going to see a movie, see it in first class. Marcus Theaters. We're going to take our next break. We're going to come right back after this, talking with actor-wrestler Bishop Stevens, who is here live at Toy Man. If you're going to come out, make sure you go upstairs to the upper level and say hi to Bishop Stevens and Tim Proctor, contract walker from The Walking Dead. We'll be right back with all that and more, so stand by. Hi, this is Tova Felchew from The Walking Dead. I play Deanna Monroe, and I'm happy to be on geek to me Radio. Tova Felchew, Deanna Monroe from Alexandria on The Walking Dead. We're here right now with Tim Proctor at the Toy Man. If you're driving around St. Louis, come on down. You can meet Tim Proctor, a contract walker. Um, so you've been in over 20 episodes, if I'm not mistaken? I believe 18 episodes plus the zombie school and a VR segment. So when you first get on, I know I've been told the extras, they teach you how to walk. There's actually a school um, that you have to go through. So what is that like? Uh, zombie school, it's more like an audition, pretty much. Uh, we go in there, they want us to show what we have. And we're being graded and scored. And we go home and hope we did good. And then two weeks later, I was on the set. So, And I've been doing the show now for about four years. And so I, I know some of the fans wanted the question, what's the grossest zombie you've played? Like how much makeup, what's the longest you've been in the chair? Um, probably the Terminus Walker. It was about two hours. Um, obviously they can't see it here. But yeah, it was full prosthetics, Hero Walker with dentures, lenses. Um, yeah, about two hours in the makeup chair. And with the, the, the prep you have to go through, having been a contract walker, is there like, hey, we really like what you're doing. We'd like to have you under contract is that how it kind of works or what it's what is really this? i i don't wouldn't use the word contract per se but it's um more like i mean once you're in you you, you usually work multiple episodes and sometimes we're different walkers in you know multiple walkers in the same episode uh but yeah i mean once you're in there you kind of keep coming back you know at least so far i started in season five and then i did season six season seven and recently season eight so you were did you have any alexandria scenes where you took down when they were coming in and oh yeah, destroying yeah. That one? Uh, when the tower <laughs> fell we stormed alexandria i was there when carl i don't know if i can say that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah when carl got his eye shot out and we uh took down uh, jesse ron and sam all in uh, one night all of that was filmed in one night it so was a busy was, night then. Yeah, I didn't even know what we were doing in another walkers. Like, did you hear what we were gonna do? And I was like, No, and then, yeah, we're gonna shoot Carl in the face and we're gonna eat Jesse, Ron and Sam. I was like all in one night. Yeah, it's 
So how long does a, a set usually last when they're doing like a scene that big that was that intense with that many walkers? Is that a normal? Normal, like at least to 12 hours. Oh, it, usually at least 12 hours. Uh, sometimes you'll have the short days if it's a short scene, but typically I would say 12 to 14 hours, sometimes 16, even 18 hours. And with uh, the upcoming seasons, how far in advance do you know that you're going to be on the set? Like, I, I assume you've filmed at least three or four more episodes so far that are already filmed and everything. Yeah, um, the last episode I was in was two episodes ago uh, when Carl. Mm-hmm. Well, just we'll, spoilers, just in case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we won't. Yeah, a couple episodes ago. Uh, um, but yeah, sometimes we'll get you know a week or two's notice. Sometimes it's a couple days when we're getting ready to shoot. Um, as for the season, like season nine, I just have to wait for that email and see if I, they're going to bring me back. So. And were you a fan of the show before, like the comic book, all the way back? Yeah, I was a fan, I was a super fan basically, um, and I tried for two years to get on the show. I kept submitting my headshots and everything and picture everything. And two years later, I got that email that said, can you be here tomorrow? And it was Zombie School with Greg Nicotero. Nice. And two weeks later, I was on the set of Terminus. Very cool. Well, Tim Proctor, we'll keep looking for you in the upcoming uh, season. And thanks very much for being on air with us. All right, thank you. We are going to take one more break. We are wanting to let you know this particular segment sponsored by Popcorn Buddha. PopcornBuddhaUSA.com is the website. You can check that out. And all sorts of popcorn, 85 different flavors from which you can choose. Uh, Cajun Bacon Ranch, still my favorite, but we did have an award-winning combination of the dark chocolate-covered strawberry that I had with one piece of old-fashioned vanilla, and it tasted just like Neapolitan. So they're kind of, in that way, you can kind of create some of your own flavors with them. But there's not a bad flavor to be had of all the ones he's given me. Philly cheesesteak is another one that stands out, loaded baked potato, uh, just an amazing variety. And... He's got the green buttery variety that you can have going through St. Patrick's Day. Order that in now. If you're listening and you want to order some of this stuff, the coupon code GEEK, G-E-E-K, will get you 15% off of your subtotal. And as always, if he is shipping to a P.O. box uh, for a military member of your family, an, an FPO or an APO, those are called, let him know. Call the order in. Call the number on the website and let him know and say, hey, this is going to an FPO. I've got so-and-so serving in the military, and he will cover the shipping. Uh, you can't combine that with the 15% off coupon, but still, that's a great thing he does for our men and women who protect and serve our country. So we thank Craig at Popcorn Buddha for everything he does and for all the deliciousness he's given me and the extra two or three pounds I've added since he's become a show sponsor. We're going to take our next break. We are going to come right back after this, still broadcasting live from Toy Man Toy Show. Get down here and see us. We'll be back. Lucy Davis, I play Etta Candy in Wonder Woman, and this is Geek to Me Radio. Come and listen, we're very, very nice. We are back, we are live, still on the floor of Toy Man Toy Show. If you're driving around the St. Louis area right now, come on down, check it out right there at the intersection of 270 and the Rock Road in the Machinist Hall, just behind or next to Target. Uh, he's been doing the same show here for 28 years. It gets bigger every time. It's awesome. It's a great show. Plenty of toys to be had. I'm selling parts of my personal collection if you want to come down and support the radio show that way. Speaking of support of radio show, this segment brought to you by Tenacious Eats. TenaciousEats.com is the website. They've got a brunch coming up 
very shortly, uh, next Sunday, I believe, on the 18th, the fantastic Mr. Fox. Every person who attends the brunch will get a free pass to go see Isle of Dogs, which is another one that will be out uh, theaters coming very soon. It looks very good. The voice talent for this movie is huge. Uh, I can't even remember all the people who are in, but Scarlett Johansson's, I think Leonardo DiCaprio maybe, uh, just a bunch of people doing the different voices for all these dogs. It's one of those stop-motion things. It's very quirky, very Wes Anderson. It looks great, uh, but you can get a free ticket for that. In addition, some great food, and a lot of the proceeds are going to help Stray Rescue of St. Louis. So check them out, TenaciousEats.com. Always a good time. Chef Liz is a genius, a mad, mad genius. Uh, you'll have some great food. You'll see the fantastic Mr. Fox, which is a great movie, and you'll get tickets to go see Isle of Dogs when it comes out. We are still here at the floor of Toy Man Toy Show. Uh, if you are here, there's two levels. The top level is open. Everyone always forgets about the top level at the toy show. But if you see, there's a bunch of stuff upstairs. That's where the celebrities are. That's where Tim Proctor is. That's where Bishop Stevens is. So come on up uh, to the top level. There's two different stairways in the corners. There's an elevator to get you up here. And then just go out and browse the toy floor. We've got a bunch of toys all over the floor. Comic books galore. Our friend Eric from St. Uh, STL Comics. I almost did it again. It's STL Comics was here we were at that toy or the comic book show last weekend where we saw mike DiCarlo, joe Staten, and our friend rick burchett were all there rick's actually around here himself rick's out buying toys uh someone told him joe Staten was here and he showed up because that's as we talked about that's an inside joke on the air but if you heard the show last week you know what the inside joke is uh there's a lot of stuff here a lot of toys joey you've been to toy man with me before and is there anything you want me to bring you back while i'm here this time around did you see anything last time you were here I think we're always trying to recapture those toys we couldn't afford when we were kids. And, you know, we were on a measly allowance, so I was stuck in uh, Ninja Turtles mode when we were there last time. And if you could get me something like a turtle blimp that doesn't have a hole in it, that'd be perfect. Yeah, that inflatable part, that always got uh, wrecked. That was the first thing to get wrecked on those uh, those turtle blimps. Mm -hmm. You had one of those growing up, though, right? I probably had a couple. You know, when people know that you are into a certain series, they'll get you, and they don't talk. Your family members don't talk about what they're getting you. So you'll end up with a couple different <laughs> turtle vans, and they'll say, oh, I'm so sorry. I'd be like, no, more the merrier. I need blimp right. fights. I need turtle vans to shoot each other, you know? Yeah, you can get uh, one battle damaged and kind of mess it up, and then you got the other ones that are still nice to play with indoor. That's always fun. I'm looking down right now at an AT-AT. Uh, the all-terrain troop transport from Empire Strikes Back and Hoth, and there's an announcement that's very loud. Um, that's Sarah making announcements right now. I'm sure you can all hear her. But yeah, there's Hot Wheels. I'm looking right now on the floor from the balcony. I feel like Eva Perone up here. There's stuffed animals. There's Star Trek toys. There are whole racks and tables full of comic books. There's Legos. We got Funko Pops. We have Simpsons toys. We have vintage movie posters. We have horror memorabilia, Star Wars figures. And that's just some of the stuff I'm looking at right now. There's places underneath the balcony here where I can't even see that they have stuff. But if you're a Funko Pop collector and you're looking for a rare Funko Pop, this is the place to go. Speaking of 80s toys that you always wanted but couldn't get, I'm staring at a bunch of mask toys. And I've got to stay away from that table because he's got the Boulder Hill playset in the box, which I know if I go over there... I'm going to end up getting that and ripping it open. So I'm going to stay away. I'm going to stay on my side of the... I've been very good so far, Joey. I actually haven't bought anything at this toy show. 
I, I always Which, think you're like a secret spy who's infiltrating the toy show because you are such a good uh, expert on toys. I mean, I've seen some of your eBay sales, and you know what's valuable. And watching you peruse the tables and knowing what to talk about and grab, I'm impressed. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's, it's uh, one of those It's a useless skill that serves no one but me, but that's actually, I guess, the best kind of skill, mm-hmm. um, depending. And uh, our, uh, our friend Max is down there. I'm looking at Max right now on the show floor. He's got some stuff on his table as well from Max on Movies, who did the Oscars show with us last week. But besides Turtles, what else were you into? You know, it was weird that I never watched The Mask. Uh, it was a cartoon, right? I, I yeah, just it was. was yeah. I, I was just given the toys, and I loved how, you know, secret things would pop out of things, and they all had helmets on. I had never even seen the, the cartoon, but I was handed down the toys as a kid, and I loved those, not even knowing where they came from. And that was the the mask, Mobile Armored Strike Command, because some people think mask, didn't that have, was the Jim Carrey thing, but yeah, so it was two separate toy lines, both called mask. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, but yeah, those, those mask toys were very amazing. They were like Transformers, they had little figures inside, it was... Uh, Great cartoon series, too. I should watch. I mean, can you give me, like, a DVD or something? You're always great at letting me borrow stuff that I missed in my pop culture, and you always fill in the gaps for me. I think Mac, uh, the Mask cartoon is actually on a hard drive, so you actually have to come over to my place to watch it. I'm not sure if that's a deterrent <laughs> or not, but uh, we could. Well, I've definitely got all the episodes available for you to watch anytime you'd like. Of course. I'll uh, bootleg and chill or whatever it's called. I don't know how you got yes. these episodes, but it'll be perfect. I did the DVDs. I actually purchased the DVDs, but then I downloaded it to a hard drive because it takes up less space than I can sell the DVDs and still have the movie. Oh, my God. You're genius. I didn't even think of that. I love it. Yeah. Saves a lot of space. Otherwise, I don't have shelves and shelves of movies. And if you do want DVDs, by the way, there's a guy who has two tables over from mine who has eight tables full of DVDs, seasons of a television, seasons of cartoons, individual movies for sale that I've never seen so many in my life. It's like V-Stock threw up all over his table. But uh, it's a very, very busy toy show floor still. We are closing in uh, with a little less than two hours to go before the show shuts down. So if you're driving around, the snow, from what I understand, is just a bunch of slush. It's not hurting the roadways. So go ahead and hop in the car, drive on down, just don't speed, and check out the Toy Man Toy Show down here at the Machinist Hall. We are going to take our last break. We are going to come right back and wrap it up. Another live broadcast in the books. From Toy Man, stand by. Hey, this is John Heater. I've played Napoleon Dynamite and other unforgettable characters, and you're listening to Geek to Me Radio. I guess it's a pretty good station. I've never heard it or anything. We are back, wrapping up our show live from the Toy Man Toy Show floor here at the Machine Stall. We have Bishop Stevens with us right now, a TV movie actor, former pro wrestler. How are you, sir? What's happening, man? Geek to Me Radio! James, how you doing, brother? I'm doing well, thank you. Um, first time in St. Louis? Oh man, no, you know, I live in St. Louis. Do you really? I live in I just travel I I, I, I travel for work, but I live in the good old STL. Okay, all right, Chris did not crazy tell part. me that part. But yeah, I know it's it's it's, it's early. Early this morning, 6.30, it was beautiful out, snowing out. It'll probably be sunny by the time we leave today. <laughs> you never know. All four seasons in one day. Exactly. What's up? Only that's, place you can do that. That's what you get. So uh, let's talk about Walking Dead, uh, what an experience that must have been, working on a show like that. Um, were you 
keeping up with the show? Were you a comic book fan? Where did you get on board with Walking Dead? No, actually, with The Walking Dead, I was a fan of the show. Um, and then I had the, when I had started acting and I started doing those um, featured roles in Chicago, someone approached me about um, hooking up with the casting people in Atlanta. So I sent them my profile and stuff. And they was like, hey, if you can be here, we got you. And that was it. <laughs> I know I've talked to some actors. We've had, uh, we had Kari Payton on, who's still on. We had uh, Toba Felcher, Deanna Monroe. And some of them are like, once, I think it was Toba Felcher said, once she was done with the show, she didn't want to see what went on after that. She said it's kind of part of the thing. Are you one of those people who likes to keep up with the show after you're done with the TV show? Or is it kind of like, eh, depending on what I'm doing, is it hit or miss? Well, I think it's if you're a fan of the show, you're a fan of the show. Mm. It doesn't really matter if you are on the show and then after that. Um, I was a fan of the show itself. So, yes, you know, I, I still watch it. I still, you know, I have a every a Sunday don't bother me at a particular time. Um, but there are some shows that I've been on. That I, I'm not going to say which ones that I have been on that I, I don't watch. Just you didn't watch it before, and it's not like you had a bad experience and won't watch. Yeah, it's yeah, just, no, yeah, yeah, nothing like that. I just, I just was not a fan of the show, so I did the show. I got called to do the show, did the show, had a great time, but I don't follow it. Right? So pro wrestling into acting, a lot of people—that's the transition a dream a lot of people like to make because you get the best of both worlds. Uh, what's that kind of been like, the transition for you? Well, for me, I'm not gonna lie, it's been amazing. Um, the difference is, pretty much, I've always been. Even my, when I started acting, my my brother made a joke and said, "Oh, I'm not surprised," because that's <laughs> I've always been natural progression. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know. And as a pro wrestler, you're basically a lot of people won't like me saying this, but you're basically an actor anyway. You know, I don't hate. We don't hate each other. You know, we don't really want to kill each other. Right. You know, it's that theatrical element. Right, right. So to go into movies and television, and if you follow my career, mostly I play the same type of person. Mm. So it's, it's pretty easy for me. And have you had any project that you have your eye on, like another TV show? It's like, man, I would love to be on Star Trek Discovery, or I'd love to be on. Is there any, any particular show that's out right now that you're a fan of that you'd love to be on? No. <laughs> no, actually, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm really getting the movies now. Um, 2018, we have nine movies coming out. I mean, I'm actually in nine movies coming wow. out. Um, the, the young man who you just saw, I, I signed his copy of a DVD called Mom, Mom and Dad. Dad yeah. It's Nicholas Cage and Selma Blair. I'm in that movie. I have a featured role in that movie. And then each of the other movies that are coming out, I have a co-starring to lead role. So, uh, matter of fact, uh, one comes out on fa called Family Blood, which will be on Netflix at the end of this month. And that's uh, I have a co-starring uh, scene with Colin Ford. Oh, nice. From, uh, yeah, from yeah. Supernatural and Under the Dome. Yeah, but Netflix, yeah. the original programming Netflix is doing, I mean, it's like just unstoppable. It's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, technically I'm on, that That will be my third Netflix film that I'm on. Um, so really, I'm really trying to stay more on the movie end. And then if I drop back down to television, then that will be great. Very nice. Now, if you want to ask me about a movie I want to be in, yes, I yes. can name a couple of those. You know? like any, any particular franchise or movie that you know that's like, this is what I dream role? Even? DC and Marvel. Yeah. Well, DC are you more of a DC? You got a Superman show out right now. So I'm a, a DC, DC guy, but I definitely would not would not knock playing Luke Cage. You know, um, I would do way better than the guy who's playing him now. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, uh, I, 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 for DC, if I was to look at a television show, that Black Lightning—that's a great show—that's on. You know, yeah. I didn't—I have noticed that. Um, 
but overall, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm really a diehard DC guy. You know, I would love to play a villain, a Batman villain, or you know. The villains always like have the best parts anyway. That's always the most. You fun cannot to play. have a good good guy without a great bad guy. Exactly right. That's the bottom. You have to hate the bad guy to love the good guy. Other than that, it's just a good guy. Are you following the Flash on CW? Fan yes. of that show as well. So yes. basically, DC across the board. Um, I, I the only DC show that I really don't follow is Arrow. Okay. I can't really get into Arrow because that's not you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not, know, not as super Supergirl, yeah. Supergirl, Flash, Legends, um, Legend, Legends. Uh, I'm coming around to. Um, you get a little lost with them a little bit. Yeah, you have to you stay know? with it, and it's kind of like a little wibbly wobbly, right, timey wimey, right. as the doctor would say. So. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's what it is with Legends. I'm a Doctor Who fan. Yeah. So I have an issue with Legends the way okay. they're doing, because that one guy tries to act like the Doctor. What's Rip Hunter. Name? Rip. Yeah. Rip tries to act like a Doctor Who character. Oh, he was on Doctor Who, so it makes sense. He's kind of I don't care. <laughs> you can't. I don't care. I understand that, but you can't take that character over there. I understand. Which makes is sense. What he's yeah. doing. So anyway, you can't do that. So we might end up uh, seeing you on an upcoming DC or uh, Marvel project, hopefully. So we, we can start the fan petition now. Hey, there's there. Let me say this: there's some big things going on with my career. Like I said, we got nine movies coming out this year. Um, several other films I'm in have already been. Uh, up for awards, um, so we're going to hope that by then there should be some really, really big news coming um, November. I mean, some really, really big news coming in November. Very cool. Watch that. If you want to follow him on Twitter at Bishop Stevens on Twitter, so check him out there. And he's also on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Bishops four eleven is the is the little it's at 411. symbol. Get an information. Healer, I, oh, there's Sarah, the voice of God. Bishops four eleven information. It makes sense. See, I'm slow. That's why I do radio and not TV. So. There we go. Right, Bishop 411 on Facebook, on Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you very much for your time today. Thank you, brother. It was a pleasure. Thank you. We are wrapping up the show with the voice of uh, Sarah you can hear. So if you're coming down, hold on. Here we go. Three pops for $15. Three pops for $15. You hear that? So if you want to grab some pops, now is the chance to do so. Come on down. We still have a little bit of time left before the show ends here at the Machinist Hall. Uh, if you want to get any kind of toy you want toy man has it we thank again chris mcquillan for being on air with us thank you for tim proctor bishop stevens uh, it's been a great show uh, i ended up selling some stuff and you can always of course follow me on twitter and instagram and facebook at geek to me radio and a huge thank you of course to my executive producer joey v back there at the studio making everything sound as good as it does uh so thank you joey Good night.